This is On the Block with Stricken Austin. Nebraska Basketball Hall of Famer and nine-year NBA vet, Eric Strickland. Strickland for three! And you're going to go out of here as the Big 8 tournament champion. Middle school basketball coaching legend and Duke basketball shooting coach in his mind, Austin Orman. Coming at you live from the heart of Lincoln, America, on air and online at theticketfm.com. Brought to you by Mary Ellen's Food for the Soul. This is On the Block with Strick and Austin. Yes, we are back on the block. Shine bright like a diamond. All of the blockheads out there listening on YouTube, Twitch, Facebook, and Twitter, as well as Allo Channel 951. We appreciate you guys as well. Sutter Heyman text line is consistently open for you to continue to join into the conversation. We see some of your comments on Shootout with Strick, and yes, you did kind of go in on Jake a little bit. We, he plays <laughs> once, you guys are ruthless. You guys are going in. Man. Woo! He's I'm a glad. rookie. Just got called up to the show. He got called up to the show. Just had a bad outing. Uh, went what uh, one for four? Mm-hmm. You know, just it's, he just wasn't used to seeing that kind of pitching. But you know, like the Royals, they're getting wins now. Well, you, you back. <laughs> I, I wouldn't go that far with the Royals. <laughs> they did just lose two out of three to Oakland. Okay, but they and won on and Sunday. O- so the the battle of the worst, basically. Uh, literally, when the Royals on. lost to the A's on Saturday, they were tied for the worst record in baseball with the A's. Yeah, but they beat them, so they're out of the cellar by yeah, game. Now, that's so. crazy. Progress. Um, we're going to get into a little bit of conversation right now because let's thank Mary Ellen's. Oh, Mary Ellen's food for the soul. They're not open today, but, uh, uh, Wednesday, if the day is shining as it is brightly today, hopefully you will be able to find your way to Mary Ellen's food for the soul. The stream stream. Tell us if uh, the sun is brighter or strict shirt is brighter. I don't know if the stream even does it justice. Like. I think I'm going to need to run out to my car and get my sunglasses for the second hour. <laughs> I wanted to shine bright today. You um, always do. Got to see DP. DP popped in the building today yeah. after a long, wonderful weekend down there. So it was good to see him. I didn't think he would, would be here today, but what a hardworking man he is. And he does the work that he does for the ticket. Uh, 937theticketfm.com. He was down to the new building. Yeah, oh, yeah. Check out the 93.7 oh, Ticket Twitter account for an update on that. Well, listen, we've seen the pictures in our last meeting and the pictures that and what, what that new building is going to be and what it's going to do for the downtown area and the community and everybody that's going to be able to come out. I'm excited. I'm excited about it. Uh, hopefully, we'll be able to tap uh, into that building sometime in the early part of the fall mm-hmm. during football season. Keep your eyes out for that as well. But this topic I want to get into right now is is an interesting one. One and when it involves uh, not only Nebraska football, we're, we're, gonna, we're, we're staying with the men. We're not saying about the women um, in this particular instance because we're just dealing with the transfer portal and, and some of those things like that. But players that uh, seem – and so we, don't, we can't put our hands on this, and I want you to talk a little bit more. But players that seem to find their way transferring out of Nebraska – uh, whether it be from the football team or from the basketball team, one of the things and in, in the typical traits that we're starting to see is not many of them find themselves trending upward or going even horizontally into mm-hmm. other programs at the Power 5 level or into uh, programs that are similar to that in Nebraska or better. To, you know, just what's your thoughts initially on that? Yeah, this is one of those things that I don't know what's there, but there has to be something there. Something is in there for us that I want us to work through and talk through. Because when I look at some of the recent news, I look at Chronic Pearson, he announced his transfer to Northern Illinois for basketball. 
But football is really the one that I think this sticks out in the biggest way, where you see Richard Torres go pretty close to home, go to Incarnate Word down in Texas. And as I got to thinking, Strick, there's only a handful of guys in recent memory from Nebraska football specifically that have stayed at the same level or went up or went up Houseman. Exactly. That's one Houseman's one. And I'll get to the examples in just a sec, but I want to throw this out there too. I know some of the listeners out there are thinking, well, of course you're at Nebraska. How can you transfer up? Come on. You've seen the football (laughs) team right now. Again, we're hoping the best for it, but if you're, transferring up from Nebraska, that means you're going like Hausman did to Michigan. That's a transfer up right now. Mm-hmm. They're on a different level. Same conference, I get it. Different level. It's like uh, Tyler Steen, uh, who just got drafted, going from Vanderbilt to Alabama. Yeah, they're in the same conference. That's a transfer up. Ernest Hausman transferred up. I would even say Adrian Martinez and Cade Warner transferred up. Maybe not at the time, but it turned into an up transfer down at Kansas State. I would throw out there J.D. Spielman. That's kind of the same level when he goes from Nebraska to TCU. Maybe down for when JD was there and actually playing. So that one's probably about the same. Luke McCaffrey goes to Louisville at first, but ends up going down to Rice. Um, the other one that stands out then, Wandale Robinson uh, from Nebraska to at the time, Kentucky. Mm-hmm. At, at the time, that's an upward because mm-hmm. of what they were able to accomplish in that season. Go ahead. Right. And Wandale's a little different, too, because that's mm-hmm. home for him. Where yeah. he's originally yeah, yeah, committed, yeah, yeah. it's right there. So maybe that has less to do with it. But... Aside from those examples that we just threw out, Strick, the vast majority of guys that transfer from Nebraska end up group of five FCS. Closer to home, group of five FCS. And that's where I run into a little conundrum with this discussion, because I'm sure in a lot of cases, guys do need to be closer to home for something, Mm -hmm. or... It's just a better fit for their talents. But if a lower level is a better fit for their talents, that tells me one of two things is going wrong, if not both. Either number one, Nebraska isn't properly identifying guys that can, you know, hang at the Big Ten Power Five level. They get there, they can't hang, so they have to go lower. Or two, Nebraska's onto something with the guys they're recruiting, but haven't developed enough of them. I tend to think, though, it's the first. First. Mm -hmm. Because other, you know, big schools aren't typically picking these guys up at nearly as consistent a rate. Adrian down to Kansas State, we know the connection with his girlfriend playing soccer down there, but not like Kansas State improved on Adrian. Adrian's stock was was where it was. Um, I don't think Kansas State made him better, but he was one of the better players to transfer from Nebraska, went to a power program. J.D. Spielman, really good numbers at Nebraska, went to a power program. Wandale Robinson, Misused at Nebraska, still solid numbers, went to a program that, when he was there, was still on the climb. Hausman's one I'm curious to see. But again, those to me are the exceptions. Mm-hmm. I think Nebraska's missing a little bit in some of the guys they're identifying recently. Because if other programs aren't going to take a shot at him, like look at some of the guys that transferred to Nebraska. MJ Sherman from Georgia. Now I can say he was a miss. He had a great role on special teams. The locker room respected him. Wanted more playing time comes to Nebraska. Power program. Um, Jacob Hood, you know, at offensive line from Georgia, uh, Collier and Borders from Florida to Nebraska. Again, those schools saw something in those guys competing at a pretty high level in the SEC, but they're still good enough, still talented enough for Nebraska to take a look at them. I don't know how many of those schools, even similar to where Nebraska's at in the Power 5 level, are taking a look at the guys that are leaving Nebraska. And that, to me, is a little fishy. I mean, I think you bring up a tremendous point. Um, I will say 
one of the things in this in this in this discussion that we're we're talking about is this um whenever things get tight whenever situations get hard mm-hmm. whenever the pipes be get close to breaking um individuals normally will resort back to comfort mm-hmm. no matter what situation you're in in life you normally will go back to what made you comfortable. Usually that's something close to home. Usually that's family. Usually um, it, in some instances it can be a drug. Some instances it can be alcohol. Mm-hmm. Whatever it is when those things and those situations hit hard, you normally resort back to comfort. So a lot of these situations when some kids are leaving and heading back towards those areas of home, similar to your boy, um, that played um, um, uh, Imani, Imani Bates. Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know yep. what I mean? Mm-hmm. Rough. Rough and tumble down there. Just couldn't hack it, you know, down mm-hmm. there. It got real tough for him in Memphis. Goes back go? home. Ypsilanti. Home. Heads back home. Mm-hmm. And, and there's comfort in that. And so you're seeing bad conference, downgrade for him, but it's raising his confidence level back again. And I think that's what a lot of kids – are gravitating to is trying to get back the confidence or to a mental space in which they have lost. Unfortunately, when you look at those situations, Austin, it comes back to a point that a lot of big schools just aren't on the hunt because when you're in a losing program, it just, it it just makes it that much difficult for anyone to make an assessment. It's easier for you to come from a winning type of program and get into a space where you probably going to have a great shot to shine, win a right. win a starting spot, or mm-hmm. be in the running for uh, you know a one or two in, on the depth chart, right? Mm-hmm. So that's why I think this is kind of happening a little bit um, until you develop a winning culture. Um, a lot of people don't want that to be a part of of their program. Is now they've got to build your your mind up to a culture that is already being established if it's a winning program. And that's a fantastic point because when you look at places like Georgia, Bama, Clemson, Ohio State, they typically take, or at least recently have taken fewer transfers because yeah. the guys that they lose are going to those smaller programs yeah. or, you know, same level but not as successful programs, but they're not filling the holes with transfers right. because they have a recruiting class yes. that they know is talented and that they believe they can develop. So, I do understand that the math works out that the majority of players, like what, 55% of the Power 5 transfers end up group of five or lower, I think is what it is. And that's 45% that still ends up at the Power 5 level. Mm -hmm. But again, what's their situation? Are they going from a 12-win team to a 6-win team, 7-win team, 4-win team? I don't know. But yeah, it is harder. And then what is the impact? Exactly. What impact are they making? So it is definitely harder to, you know, be that good, be that talented. And honestly, I think that's kind of college football's idea of a promotion, right? Where you grind your way through at a group of five school or an FCS school for three years, you've done all you can, you've accomplished everything you can. You're like, okay, I need to take my skills to a bigger stage to accomplish my goals. That to me, as well as the the transfer closer to home, is kind of the idea for the transfer portal, right? Guys that have put in the work, that have earned it, that they want to see how they can compete at the highest level. Sure, transfer up. Please, it's unfortunate that you feel the need to leave your school to do it, but that's a business decision. Who among us hasn't wanted a promotion before? Who among us hasn't taken a promotion before? Go for it. 
Can't fault you there. Grandma's sick. Um, family's struggling. Go be closer to home. That's more important than football. Get there. Transfer. That's fine. The playing time one, I, I get the temptation for it, but that to me isn't exactly why the transfer portal was there, regardless uh, of what school you come from. I have a question, and and, and, and this is the question I want to really just dig into and throw at you. Um, we know that the barrel is full regularly mm-hmm. in the transfer portal. 2,200 kids this you, year. You, you know the barrel's full. Mm-hmm. Um, usually, there, there, there are some um, situations, for example, like Hunter Dickinson, mm-hmm. who literally just played the whole thing out, wanted to get the best fit for him, took his time, was not in a hurry, mm-hmm. uh, had plenty of time because of, you know, basketball season isn't until the winter. So you had plenty of time to kind of assess, break down, look at, have conversations, feel out, you know, um, what's see what's coming, who you got, who did you get, and then make a decision. There's those those small amount of situations. But usually when the barrel's full, the best pickings of the uh, uh of of the stalk of corn, mm-hmm. the best pickings of the berries, the shiniest apple, the big, uh, all mm-hmm. of that usually gets picked first. And and there's the most competition for it. Right. The most competition for it and usually get picked. So then you find yourself continuously getting down in the barrel and when you pick from that bottom of the barrel is there do you think that there's value in it like or are you just picking because you gotta pick it that's kind of where i'm kind of you you, you understand what i'm trying to say yeah because there's a difference between oh this will work and i can make this work yeah there's a big difference oh i can make oh, oh this will work is okay we got one here's a gem Right. A guy that's transferring up, a guy that is still talented, didn't you know have a role because there are other NFL guys ahead of him, a guy that wasn't in the right situation for him but is really talented. That's, oh, this will work. I can make this work is where I think a lot of the current Big Ten West resides, where a lot of the, the teams that are in that range where you can say anything from four to eight and eight and four is on the table, for the most part, they're shopping with the, I can make this work. Mm-hmm. It's going to take some creativity. I have to find the exact right role for this player. I have to find the exact right ingredients to pair with this fruit to you know get rid of a little bit of the sourness or the bitterness, whatever it is, from some of these players. Not because it's not a good school, but just because other schools are more successful right now. Right. So they they get the the pickings at the top, and that's how it's always been. That's how it will always be. So if you're going to be the I can make this work, that's fine. But then you have to make it work. Right, you have to focus then on development. Yeah, don't you? Yeah, exactly. And then that does have to be the focus. But here, what's intriguing to me, as I as 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 we're talking about this topic, is what makes a team like Kansas State happen. I mean, I think they mm-hmm. they did it both in both realms. Yeah, in the football and the basketball. Mm-hmm. It's for some reason in Manhattan, they think it's the Big Apple. Like it's the place to be. <laughs> like I don't know if yeah. they got tricked. I got tricked. I got tricked into <laughs> Joe Harge. If you're listening on the line, uh, Coach Joe Harge tells me back in the day, Austin. He's like, you know, Strick. Um, I've got a, I've got a lot of you know D1 guys that are coming down to the program. I really need some help with them. Um, 
I was like, Coach, all right, what you need? He's like, um, where? You? I said, where you at? He said, I'm in Vegas. I'm in Las Vegas. I said, where? I said, okay, cool, cool, Las Vegas. All right, yeah, you know, let, let's see if we can make it happen. Yeah, it's a D2, but it's in Las Vegas. Okay, okay. So I'm flying on Southwest Airlines, get into Albuquerque. So I'm thinking, okay, Albuquerque to Las Vegas. Okay, cool, cool. You know, transfer flight. No, he's going to pick me up in Albuquerque. So I'm like, wait a minute. Um, that's a long drive, my guy. Um, you know, is the budget tight? <laughs> he picks me up and we take a little short drive up. We pass Santa Fe and met New Mexico and we find ourselves in Las Vegas, New Mexico. <laughs> no, you don't. Yes. Oh, yeah. Um, I'm like, oh, okay, this is this is where we're at. All right, this is the place to be. Okay. So that's false advertising. At, at that that's point. false pretenses. This is why I wonder, and I, and I look, and I'm like, how does Kansas State, who has no players coming back, they delve, jump, swim, skydive, whatever, into the transfer portal, and they land everything you need to include a player by the name of Keontae Johnson that we here at at Nebraska passed over. Um, I'm not going to say that that was a you know a, a, a Coach Hoiberg situation. I think there was other things and situations that uh, didn't allow that to happen. But nonetheless, this young man helps them <laughs> to go to a, a Final Four experience. And um, how does that happen? That's that's what. But how does how does the Mel Tucker type situations happen? How does these situations put these teams in these positions mm-hmm. by being heavily in there and they're hitting? Mm-hmm. What is it from hitting and the difference between missing the way that most people hit? That's what I. That's what intrigues me. Tucker's a really interesting one to watch. That's been up and down. Mediocre first year with COVID when he first gets to Michigan State. The next year with Kenneth Walker and that bunch. Fantastic year. Go to the Peach Bowl and play pit. Last year, up and down. I wonder if that's what we're in for with the transfer portal or if that's the same with high school. You know, Mel Tucker seems like a fine coach, but is he anything more than that? Does he have the, the, the special, you know, seasonings? Does he have the secret sauce in the transfer portal? To me, strict the jury's still out. He did it once, and that's awesome. But Fred Hoiberg did it a couple times at Iowa State. Mm-hmm. It got closer last year. How how repeatable is that? I think we're still finding out. Yeah, I, I think it's still up in the air. Notorious B.I.B. Uh, on the text line throws out. Um, and and I, I think in some instances I have to agree with him on this. I, you know, if he says this, if the NCAA don't start restricting this transfer portal crap, it will get out of hand. Well, shoot, I think it's already out of hand. <laughs> yep. But and kids will always just be looking for better NIL deals. Like we we kind of played around a little bit, and we'll tease this because I think this is a discussion we're going to have at some point. We'll tease it right now. But we talked about and and, and notorious Bib. I, you, you're touching on a point, uh, and 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 we, we want to dig into it. But we talked about how is there an entitlement? Uh, generation that we're starting to create is there monsters that we've started to create in this transfer portal situation where there are so many individuals now that are on the hunt on the seek as parents are living vicariously through through kids Mm -hmm. um what is it 
that's going to bring these reins into place. And that's one of the things that we're trying to figure out, dig into, because we're seeing these four and five star uh, students. We're not going to go into depth or detail about it right now because we're going to get into a break. But we're seeing some of these four and five stars. They're getting kicked off teams. They're they're not panning out. They're going to other power Bouncing fives around. because they're they're that good. And then they get kicked out of there too. So then there's got to be some common denominators in some instances with that. Um, are they really doing their due diligence in the portal? Are they having conversations that need to be had that is still allowing this to happen? Um, or is it a mentality similar in, in, in the NBA or in the NFL where guys are just so good that you just would rather take a chance, i.e. Josh Gordon? Mm-hmm. You know, this is I mean, that's just a – one to throw out, I mean, that's just one of the ones, i.e. Redney Gregory, former Nebraska player, you know, just guys that are just so good that they – you just would much rather take a chance and is the juice more more worth than the squeeze? That's something that, that we're going to talk about. That it is. So stay tuned later in the week. We'll uh, keep that conversation going. I want to ask Brian Munson that question, though. He's our recruiting insider yeah. for uh, Husker Online with the On3 Network. We'll get Brian's perspective on that and more in the recruiting realm on the other side.